0: And your mercies, Lord. Father, right now, I ask that you just invade this place at another level. Allow the word, your son, be made manifest in the flesh today through my words that you give me. And ask that you open up the eyes and the ears of your people to receive your revelation. And to grow with everything you've always intended them to be. And I release the presence of God at a, at a deeper level right now. I open up and release the anointing of God to destroy the yokes of the enemy and to free God's people to receive him right now. And I speak against every spirit of religion and hate right now in Jesus' name. And I call forth the spirit of love and unity and the spirit of relationship and fellowship with Jesus Christ. So right now, in the name of Jesus, Father, have your way. Jesus, have your way. Holy Spirit, have your way. We want to see the trying God operate. And Father, let the fivefold ministry which you gave your son Jesus, which he gave to men, flow today. Allow me to pull on every office that is in this house to minister to your people for growth and edification, Lord. I surrender all to you right now. In Jesus' name. Amen. Would everyone uh, please move forward? Come on, let's fill these front seats, please. I'm going to be in two, uh, pretty much two scriptures this morning. I won't be very long. The title to this message or this word would be The Better Things That Accompany Salvation. How many of you all know what salvation is? I'm going to wait until everybody gets ready. Sorry. How was worship for everybody? The Lord wants to hear testimonies on how He intervened and how whatever seemed impossible at any moment was just changed. Is everybody ready? The better things that accompany salvation... All right, can you give me Hebrews 6, 9? Who all knows what salvation is? Okay. All right. Hebrews 6, 9. But beloved, we are confident of better things concerning you. Yes, things that accompany salvation, though we speak in this manner. So when we come to Christ, when we receive salvation through acceptance of Jesus Christ as the son of God and accepting that he died for our sins when he was completely innocent for our sakes, there are some things that accompany that. There are things that come with being saved from the pit of hell. And I can say as a whole, the body of Christ is only in salvation. But there are some things that accompany that. There's another level to the life of God outside of salvation. Okay. So what does the word accompany mean? This is what I want you guys to to get into. When the Lord illuminates the scripture, when the Lord speaks to you through his word, you need to meditate on what he's saying. And when you meditate on what he's saying, he will illuminate words within the word. So what does the word accompany mean? This is what a company means. To hold or can conceive. So we're going to read that scripture again with that added in there. But beloved, we are confident of better things concerning you. Yes, things that hold on to salvation. That or when you say hold on, when you hold on to something, you're joined to it. Correct. So I can say, yes, things that are joined to salvation. Okay, So there are things that are joined or connected or that hold on to salvation. That's completely separate from salvation. That God has given to us. Amen. That accompanies salvation. So like I said before, what is salvation? And everybody knows this, right? I hope you know what it is, because when you received it, when you get a gift, you want to know what it is. Right. You don't let it sit in a box wrapped up for years and years. This is what salvation is. It's deliverance, and this is what you got delivered from, from your from the initial salvation, from hell, from power of sin and darkness. you were delivered from death, okay? Pres- preservation, God preserves you when you receive salvation. It's kind of like sustainment. you know how you feel like, okay I'm being sustained or. I may not be seeing the great fruits of life, but I'm at a level position. Preservation. Another definition of salvation is prosperity. We don't have to go into that. And another one is rescue. So you are rescued from the kingdom of darkness when you receive Christ. You're rescued from sin. You're rescued from from hell. You're rescued from uh, total damnation. You're rescued from pain on this earth, although we still fellowship with it because of choices. But you're rescued from that. And this is, the, this is the definition I want us to really focus on. Salvation is described as general well being. So, at everything I just said, do we feel like just in salvation we're experiencing that? I'm getting on a point, so I don't want to go into prosperity because you can go in that for, for some time and some of these other But the, the one I want to focus on is general well being. Do you feel like you have general well being in life? Do you feel like you have a great mental state, great physical state, great financial state, uh, great relationship state? This is salvation, general well-being. So do you have well-being in all areas of your life? Because if you don't have that, how would you ever reap the things that accompany salvation? There are things that come with salvation. But we want to experience the fullness of salvation so we can truly experience and enjoy those things that accompany accompany it. Amen, because the Lord says he doesn't bless you with sorrow. He doesn't give you gifts to add sorrow to you. And this is what sorrow is, receiving the gift and not being able to fully enjoy it. You know how that is? Where you get a gift from somebody or something, and in the back of your head you can't even really enjoy it, whether because you think it's going to go away or it wasn't really what you wanted. or Okay? So, but beloved, we are confident of better things Concerning you, yes, things that can be conceived by salvation. See, salvation conceives things in your life. Because you got born again, there are things that you're supposed to birth. There are things that are resting inside of you that are supposed to come forth. But you know why they can't? Because there's a block, because we haven't gotten to that state of well-being. There are many areas in our lives where we're supposed to be moving in destiny. And we ain't even got to the destination. And we haven't even met the path yet. We bumped into Christ and got saved. He is the way, the truth, and the life. We don't even know what way he's on. We're not spending enough time with him. We're not. And that's why we, we, we're constantly in a state of confusion. And it goes right back. We're constantly in a state of non-well-being. Why hasn't this changed? repeat cycle of over and over again i get angry i get sad i just can't get i can't get ahead with my money we've all been there but in salvation there is a well-being that you're supposed to have with god to where you don't worry about those things cuz there are better things that accompany that and god wants to get us to those better things amen so accompany means to hold or to be joined to or that it can conceive something. I mean, salvation means general well-being. So identify your life. Because this is a teaching ministry. Do I have general well-being in all areas of my life? If not, you need to increase your time with God for that specific area. And just so you know, when you sow to the Spirit, you reap life and peace. And life goes to where there's death. Okay. The Lord gave me this revelation about a year ago. It's Romans 5.10. Would you go to it? And I'm going to read Romans 5 through 5.1 through I think 11, but we're going to start in 10. Because the better things concerning Christ, I want you to know something. That's outside of salvation. There are promises. There's an inheritance. There are things that are outside of being reconciled back to God. It's not separate. I mean, but it's, it's, it's a different entity that God wants to bless you with. Because you see people, they get saved and go to heaven, right? They get saved, die, and go to heaven, but you don't see them experience the fullness of life on earth, the the everlasting, the the life more abundantly on earth, right? We've seen that, okay? For if when we were, this is Romans 5.10, for if when we were enemies, we were reconciled to God through the death of his son, much more having been reconciled we shall be saved by his life. Now, I want you to look at this scripture very deeply. For if when we were enemies, just so you know, you came from heaven into the womb, born into sin, and you were birthed into enmity against God. Because of the bloodline. Okay, so just so you know, you were an enemy before God sent his son to die for you. And after his son died for you, you had to receive him to become a non-enemy. a. What's the word? What's the opposite word for an ally of God? Okay. So if when for if when you were an enemy, you were reconciled through the death. So God used somebody to die for you to reconcile him back to you. So you were an enemy. I want you to understand this. So when you were an enemy of God. When you were completely guilty, God sent an innocent person to die for you. I am getting some. I want you to hear this. Reconciled to God through the death of his son. The two words I want to focus on here. Much more. Now that you have been reconciled, we shall be saved by his life. This is why you have to meditate on the scriptures of God when they're illuminated to you. This is what the word much means. Abundantly altogether, far spent of a great deal. The word more means this, far more, so much rather. And the word saved, I'm just going to give you this definition, it means to be made whole. Okay, listen to this scripture very closely. For if when you were an enemy to God, You are reconciled to him through the death of his son. More abundantly. Altogether. Far spent of a great deal. Is God. Far more and so much rather. Having that you have been reconciled. For you to be made whole by his life. Okay, I want you to listen to this. After you're born again. There's no, God is, He's gave you His all to get you in the kingdom. But right here is saying He is much more willing now that you have been reconciled to make your life whole. It's, he's more willing now that you're in the kingdom than when you were out of the kingdom to get you in. So, he, do you get what I'm saying? His willingness to make you whole now that you're in the kingdom. Is far greater. He used much more as two positives. He used almost the same word to describe how much he wants to make you whole more than he wanted to save you when you were in darkness. Are you with me? So, this is salvation. We're still in salvation. We're not even in the things that accompany salvation. So, if we can wrap our minds and our souls around the fact that God wants to make me whole in every area of my life more than he wanted to even have me saved. We should lack nothing. Are you with me? See, we don't understand that when we were enemies to God, God had compassion on us. But when we become sons and children of God, God wants to put blessings on us. And we're still looking for the compassion and the mercy of God. Well, we need to be looking for the grace and the blessing of God. Our focus every day is, Lord, save me from this crazy boss. Save me from this mad, hey. (laughs) Save me from my, my, my family that just don't understand. Save me in this marriage. Yes, Christ saves us continually when we need help. He has mercy every day for us. But let's move past mercy. Although it's new every day. But let's flow in grace. Because you know what grace does? Grace carries you. Grace does it for you. Where mercy comes up beside you and help you. Don't get, hey, I don't mind working. I'll get out and cut some grass. But I would much rather be in a position to hire somebody to do it for me. I would much rather be in a place to watch God do it. Some of y'all weren't here last night. I'm going to share this quick testimony. This is grace. This is what grace is. Grace is favor as well as a force. So my man Marvin was there. I was playing basketball. Didn't do anything crazy. Took a step. Broke my ankle, according to the doctors. And sometimes in your mind, when an an unusual circumstance or situation happens, the enemy tries to beat on your mind. You're out of the will of God. Um, You're disobedient. You know, look at what you've done. You weren't supposed to be doing any of this anyway. Um, And if you're an infant in the body, or if you're an infant in Christ, you receive those thoughts and you're going right into condemnation. And trust me, I've been there because I've had circumstances. Just so you know, when I first came to this place, everything got accelerated. Y'all heard that song, the acceleration song? It's a good, upbeat song. But when you have sown to the flesh, there is a law that is in place that causes those things, they have to come up. It's called the wheat with the tares. So when I first came to this place, I had so many bad seeds. And in those bad seeds, I came to a place where acceleration was. So the spirit of acceleration came on my life, and I saw the good going with the bad. And when you're an infant, the bad generally time starts to outweigh the good, although the magnitude of what's happened over here should always overweigh that. Just for an example, my man, Justin, I was getting pulled over left and right by the police. Never been in trouble with the with with the law at all. I mean, I was getting pulled over for everything. Not wearing a a seatbelt. I I probably went to court three or four times, and it wasn't because I sold in that area. I remember just I I mentioned Justin because he came and picked me up because they took my car. I thought I had insurance on my car, and I didn't have insurance on my car. They said, "Man, you can't drive this nowhere. We gotta tow this." You remember that, Jay? Joker drove all the way out to Midway to come get me. In the bread truck. That's a true friend. I remember that. I said, Lord, what is going on? I finally decided to truly follow you. And everything is on my back. All hell is coming against me. It ain't all hell coming against you. It's all hell being loosed up off of you. Because what you have agreement with in this world, God is going to kill and destroy by his word. Because you don't want to have nothing to do with that. Trust me. You don't. You know how the police come, you. <laughs> your heart start going all crazy? Yeah, your boy is like that. But for a moment now, if, a, if an officer was pulling me over, there would be a joy because I know it's for either salvation or for a greater level of God in that person's life. Because I'm not in that kingdom anymore, the dark kingdom. We can get to the place where we stop sowing bad seeds. We can. And sow good seeds. God has called us to perfection. He says, be holy for I am holy. So that means you can actually be holy. 100%. Okay, so I broke my ankle. Went to the doctor. Uh, I didn't go to the doctor the night I broke my ankle. But I had all these thoughts like, man, what did I do wrong? And it weren't me. I knew I, I, knew I was spending time with God. I was reading. I, I'm in the ministry, obviously. And that doesn't mean you're not going to deal with these things. I just mean I was doing what I felt like the Lord was asking me to do. And this, in this circumstance, happened. This is grace. This is what I'm, grace is—a force as well as a as well as favor. Okay. So I didn't go to the doctor the night before, that night, slept on it, said, Lord, you're going to heal me tonight. I woke up. I still had pain, and I still had a little space um, where the bone would have been broken, so I figured that I should go to the emergency room. Went to the emergency room. They told me it was broken, and they gave me an appointment for three days later at the orthopedics. Saturday night after the Thursday where I broke my ankle, I came in to hear the ministry prayed for me. And before, I could not walk on it without pain. So when I broke my ankle, I had no pain. Remember that, Marvin? I just got up and I was sitting around talking with all the guys. I had no pain. But th- that night and going into that next morning, anytime I stepped on it, there was a great excruciating pain. So Saturday night I came, they prayed for me. I was able to walk without pain. I've been walking on my foot since then without pain. Now, So, yeah, praise God. Amen. The doctor, the orthopedic doctor gave me a boot. Said I need to be in it for four weeks. So I took the doctor's orders. So normally, when a person breaks a bone, they get six to eight weeks with a cast or something like that. The doctor gave me four weeks with a with a boot, okay, and I'm walking. All right, this is the point about grace. Throughout the last week and a half, from that point through that time, I was really seeking the Lord. Lord, what was this for? I don't understand. Do you want me to, you know, go into a, a sanctification where I'm, you know? Set myself aside for you all day. or um, You know, do you need me to reevaluate my life? Do you not want me cutting grass? All this different stuff. And I really went into a petitioning with the Lord. And it was very difficult for me because um, I saw a lot of grace in my business. I mean, just astronomical things that you wouldn't believe for landscaping for somebody who doesn't know anything about it. Um, Talk about getting business. I mean, the start of the season I had just as many clients as I did the last season ending. I and mean, normally as the time goes, it increases. So I started I started the year with just about the same amount. So I saw the grace flowing, and I was open to some contracts that would literally take my business to the next level. So um I was asking the Lord, What was this for? And on Mother's Day, and I want you to listen to this testimony very closely. On Mother's Day, my mom came over, we uh had dinner with my mother-in-law, my mom, and my mom had compassion on me. She saw me in my little boot. (laughs) She was loving on me, and I was like, okay, I like this mom. This is a mom I ain't seen in a long time. And my mom said this. She said, CJ, if you, that's what my mom calls me, CJ, if you find a lawnmower, I'll put it on my credit. This is what I forgot to share last night. I'll put it on my credit, and you can just pay me, because she knows I'm not about going in that system anymore. On on the man, a debtor. You know what I'm saying? And um, because I had I had enough debt in my life, and I didn't want to add to it in my business. She said that I don't even know if she knew she said it. It just came out compassionately wise. And I said, okay, um, sweet. So what I just did, I started shopping. And a little reminder. Okay, I'm sorry. Let's go back a week. This is grace in my life. My brother calls me. He said. Uh, Hey, man, I heard you broke your ankle. Somebody crossed you up at the gym? And I just laughed. and said, nah, man, I actually had the ball. And then out of nowhere, he was like, dude, you, you remember when I said that if you find a lawnmower, I'll go have these with you on the moor? It came back to my mind when my mom presented that, that offer to me. I want you to hear I got really moved this thing. This is grace, because then I'm going to get into something when it comes to salvation and the things that accompany salvation. <laughs> okay. So my mom, <laughs> I took that and I remembered. So I went shopping the Monday after Mother's Day for a lawnmower. Excuse me. And I, uh, I found a lawnmower, like $5,000. So just so you know, I believe that God deserves the best. So if I'm a son of God, I believe I deserve the best. So I went and found one that would be comparable for the size of my business, but it ended up being $5,000. <laughs> So I uh, I saw it, I called my brother, I said, hey man, remember we talked last week, uh, you said uh, you'll go have these on me on a lawnmower. He's like, yeah, remember I said that. I said, sweet, I said, man, I found one for $5,000. And he was like, okay, cool. I said, well, look, man, mom presented me with an offer that um, she'll put it on her credit and um, I could pay her. So I just want to put half up front. So I'll go have these with you on the half. Of 5,000 which is 2,500 and he was like why don't I just pay the whole 2,500 <laughs> that's what he said Hallelujah. I said all right let's do that <laughs> let's do that so my mom was like okay 2,500 I could probably make a payment of what would be equivalent to one yard a month that wouldn't hurt me financially in my business or in my personal life so I was like I was still in that mindset that look I'll make payments even if it is to my mom, you know what I'm saying? But the Lord really, he, he came, he was like, that's not, that's not the way it's going to be. Because we don't, ha- God wants to give you everything freely. He doesn't want you indebted to anybody. Even family, although family is sanctified when they help you. Amen? Okay. Amen. So check this out. I get on the phone with her, I said, babe, I found a lawnmower, it's $5,000. Timmy's going to put up $2,500. i am only have to make a payment between $50 and $83 a month. And she was like, well, if you got A limit of 5,000 why don't you get a cheaper mower and get a trailer? I said hey that's a good idea. Kim was there with me I was looking for trailers. I couldn't find a trailer that was comparable. Basically it was too expensive to get something that I needed for my business. But the idea went to lessening the the cost of the mower. So I started shopping around. Long story short, I went to Lowe's. I found a mower for $3,000. My mom came and looked at it because, again, she was going to do this whole transaction. And we were between this $2,800 mower and a $2,999 mower. And the $3,000 one was a much better mower than this one. Okay, So mom was like, "Uh, why do you want the best mower in here? Why can't you just get something simple? She was showing me tractor mowers. You know, the ones you sit down and you got to draw like that? I said, mom, I need a zero turn. So we're sitting there talking and I explained everything and the assistant store manager came and was like, I was sitting on this more. And he was like, you should get that one, the one I was sitting on, which was the most expensive one. He came over there and literally explained everything else, everything I explained to my mom did almost the exact same way about why I should get this one over that one. And then he said, if $100 is going to keep you from getting this more over that more, I'm just going to take $100 off. OK, this is great. So so it went from two ninety nine to two eight nine nine. We went to the counter to purchase it and it was like, yeah, you got you have a military ID because I'm, I'm military. I'm transitioning out the military. It went from two eight nine nine to like two six seven one. Total. Crazy. So I went from a three thousand dollar mower to getting a mower for one hundred and seventy one dollars. Because my brother put the $2,500 up. That is grace. Right? So I don't have to make payments to anybody. I wish I would Hey, this is grace. And I'm going to tell you why it's grace. Because grace is a force as well as favor. There was a force, and this is how I can only describe it. There was a force that caused me to take a fall, which broke my ankle. And if I'm not in the right place with God, I would think it was the enemy. Where God used a force, which is grace... To put me in a position to receive favor. And the favor was not released on my life until my brother had compassion on my situation. Had compassion. I don't even remember us talking about him going havesies with me on anything. We talk about business all the time, but I don't remember that. So there was a force that literally moved me out the way. Because I was at the place, I'm just going to have to buy more. I'm fine with that. Because... You want to know what else is grace? I went from cutting one yard to an hour to cutting four yards an hour. That fast. I mean, it's legit. <laughs> but here's the thing. Force. Grace is a force. This is how you know grace is operating in your life. There's a force that moves you out of the way and starts doing things before, behind you, and around you that you have nothing to do with. That is Grace. It positions you in a place that where you could not get on your own. On your own. Mercy helps you. Grace does it for you. Do you guys understand what I'm saying? And that force pushes or moves you in a place to receive favor from man. And there's a testimony I'm going to release when it's not online about favor that I've received from clients. That is not even heard of in any business There's a grace that is flowing in this house. There's a grace that's flowing on my life. And all you have to do is receive it by obedience. God is asking each and every one of us to do something. And we obey by faith and we receive grace the moment we step out and obey. Obviously, I was in the way because I had to get taken out. Because, you know, I didn't have to go down that way. I didn't. He could have been trying to position me before that, but I was so busy to see what he was trying to hand to me. Do you understand what I'm saying? Better things that accompany salvation, that is grace. And I take it very humbly. Because, I mean, a year ago, I wouldn't be able to take something like this. I wouldn't have. Especially with as much action we have going on in the ministry and how active I am in the ministry. But it's God. God does not waste time and he does not waste money. And God has put people in everybody's lives to be a blessing. And when God promotes you, and this is what I'm going to get into, the better things, you are going to be the blessing. I want to be the force and the favor in somebody's life. That's what I want to do. I want to be the force. And my brother's been a force. That's not the first time he's been a force in my life, where he's come and he's positioned me out of the way and is just taking care of something God used him. And sometimes we so quickly, be like, I don't want no help from my family, you know. They pray. Amen? You, so receive that grace. Yeah. Great. 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 Receive it. Oh, it's so much God has for you. This is just the beginning. This is just the beginning. I like sharing that testimony because it, it messes up religious minds. And by the way, I don't have to make payments. I don't know if I mentioned that to anybody. I don't. So now now the, the mower is mine. Yeah. And I don't have to worry. Oh, man, I got to scrounge up $83 this month. Yeah. Or, you know, hit a hard time and you can't make the payment. Then you're going through the same thing over and over again. Having to sell stuff or having to, I mean, like, give it back. God does not do that. He does not give you something to give it back. He may ask you to release it to somebody like he did to Abraham. He gave him a promise and asked him to sacrifice it. And this is what blows me away about Abraham in the word that says that he believed God that if he was a sacrifice, his son, that God would raise him from the dead. That, OK, God, I believe you so much that this is a promise you gave me. If you want me to sacrifice him, I will on the fact that I know you have the power to to raise him back to life, even if he wouldn't. That's that's some serious faith. All right, let's 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 move forward. OK. So when you were an enemy to God, God gave you salvation. He saved you. But he much more wants to make you whole. Being healed and made whole are two different things. Being healed and made whole are two different things. So he much more would rather make you whole than for you just to be saved or continuously be saved or to be preserved or to rescue you over and over again. Man, let's get from Christ being a savior to being our brother I mean, I know, I know he loves to do that for us, but I want a relationship where he ain't always got to get me out of tight spots. Like my brother. <laughs> Jesus isn't my brother. And I bless Timmy. I bless my brother. I mean, I uplift him. I, I, I literally honor him because I, that's, that's, a, that's a heavy sowing into somebody's life. And every time he has sown in my life, the Lord has blessed him like 10 times. Like, ten, I, I can't even put numbers on it. It was like immediately after he blessed me at my wedding, he wasn't even working at a job and got promoted. He wasn't even working at a job like a month and got promoted to one of the highest levels in his position. Crazy. At one of the top facilities in the nation for what he does. All right. Where do you want to go? All right, let's go back to Hebrews 6, 10 through 12, and I'm going to read through this. But beloved, we are confident of better things concerning you. Yes, things that accompany salvation though we speak in this manner. For God is not unjust to forget your work and labor of love, which you have shown toward his name. So we came into Christ and we started doing these things for the Lord. We loved him. We wanted to do things for him. And he has not forgot those things because you do it unto his name. And that you've ministered to the saints. How many of us have blessed people by our words and by our presence? And do minister, and we desire that each of you show the same diligence to the full assurance of hope, and to the end that you do not become sluggish. Uh, I think we got to go to the next scripture. But imitate those who through faith and patience inherit the promises. All right. The better things that accompany salvation so we know what salvation is but you must through faith in patience inherit the things that accompany salvation the promises of God okay so God has promised us all things individually I'm not going to get into that I'm gonna speak universally about what God has promised those who believe on the son of Jesus Christ okay so let's go to Genesis 12, 1 through 3. And I may have to go back to uh, Romans 5, 1 through 11. I'm not sure yet. And this is what it says. It says, Now the Lord has said to Abraham, Abram, Abram, thank you, Get out of your country, from your family and from your father's house, to the land that I will show you. Now, here we go. I will make you a great nation. I will bless you. I will make your name great. Next scripture. And you shall be a blessing. And I will bless those who bless you and I will curse those who curse you. And in you, all the families on the earth shall be blessed. Here's a promise that God made to Abram. Before he was even Abraham, the father of many nations. (laughs) Can we go back from, I think, two and three? I will make you a great nation. God has promised each and every one of us to expand our territory. There's areas in your lives where you're supposed to have dominion over realms and areas pertaining to your life and to your demographic and to your area. God says he will make you a great nation. That means he will spread you abroad. You have great great descendants, whether they be uh, natural seed or spiritual seed. Okay? I will bless you. Remember, we talked about God saved us, but he'd much rather bless us. God wants to bless you. And then the word talks about the blessing overtaking you. That's the blessing we want, the one that we can't that overtakes the, the, was it, the power. It's like the harvest continues. It's on our back because God is blessing us. He will bless you. And I want to be blessed by God. And make your name great. This is what make your name great mean. You will have authority in every area of your life. So when somebody hears your name, they associate it with authority. These are the promises that God made to Abraham. Now, you can be saved And not be spread abroad. You can be saved and not be blessed. We've seen that, right? You can be saved and have no authority. The enemy is trampling on you when you're called to trample on him. Where it looks like the the, the circumstance is just beating you down. And you're not beating down the circumstance. Next verse, please. And you shall be a blessing. So you can bless with time, love, and money. You can do that, but God wants us to bless in every area. I mean, you want to show up to a place and just start wiping out debt or start blessing businesses, start blessing families, or giving home, be a true blessing, something that a person can't do for themselves. You know what I'm saying? And I will bless those who bless you like my brother be blessed, and I will curse those or curse him who curses you. And in you, all the families of the earth shall be blessed. So you're such a blessing that you can have a correlative effect on families that you interact with. You can literally step into someone's home, and just your, your, your very presence changes the atmosphere. Because, you know, sometimes the enemy knows he can't act up when certain people are around. I mean, when my dad used to come home, we wouldn't do some of the stuff we would do in front of our mom. Because of the presence that he had. It's the same thing when God's presence is on your life, when the Father's presence on your life. Demons just don't do what they want to do. They just don't talk the way they want to talk and act the way they want, they want to wait till you're not at home. Or want to wait till you're not around. But you know what that is? That is the spirit of cowardice. To do something when no one's not around that you know you shouldn't be doing when they are around. Okay? So that's a portion. That's what I just want to focus on for the Abrahamic promise or inheritance. Because it says uh, he will have descendants as many as the, uh, the star's. I mean, you want to have that type of impact on the world. You do. And just so you know, if you didn't know, you are the seed of Abraham. And you're the seed of Abraham through Christ. And I can get into that for a whole hour. Because the Lord showed me that uh, we are the nation of Israel. And know how it says right here, if you bless those, I'll bless them. And if you, and we, we got this whole asset that we need to bless uh, the nation of Israel in Israel. I'm not saying don't do that. I need you to really Find that out on your own. But we need to be blessing each other. So if I bless you because we're the seed of Aaron, because she's Israel, the Lord's going to bless me. And what we're busy doing is cursing each other. We get so fed up with each other, get so angry with each other, we don't even want to spend no time. We isolate ourselves. And we should be blessing each other, So God, not so God can bless us, but we'll see the true blessing when we start blessing each other. And not out of necessity and not grudgingly but because our heart is right, because we want to do that. I mean, I do want to bless everybody in here. I want to get to the place where we just start, Saturday nights, we just start writing checks, passing them out. Not because anybody need bills paid for. Just because. Somebody got to go on vacation. Hey, Marvin and spring went on vacation, came back with a baby. That's the type of vacation we want, where you ain't thinking about nothing but love, right? You ain't got to worry about the bills you got to pay when you get back, the job you got to go to. That's awesome, right? Wow. All right. These are the better things. So, the better things that accompany salvation are the promises that God gave Abraham. And we have access to that because we're the seed of Abraham. It's by inheritance, okay? The promises. The next thing is the glory, okay? So, somebody can be saved, someone can have received salvation and does not carry the glory, okay? Now, I'm going to hit two scriptures on this. Can you give me Romans 8, 18? And this is why we have to grow up. Romans 8, 18. For I consider that the suffering of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. Okay, so I'm going to say it another way. The worst circumstance, the worst situation, the worst anything you've ever been is not anywhere compared to the glory that God's about to reveal on you and in you. OK, but this is how you have that glory revealed on and in you. When you're in that situation, when you're in that trial and you do not divert to what the old man would do. That's how the glory comes off of you. You know, when people, when somebody attacks you and you just kind of let them do it and they just so taken back, like that's the glory hitting them. It is because they're so used to the old man responding when God comes forth, it throws them back. And have you ever seen an enemy just mind to start uh, and they run off because they don't know how to respond to the glory of God? You know it says that the enemy cannot stand where the name of the Lord is uplifted. And I'm going to tell you, in your actions, the name of the Lord can be uplifted. In your actions. The glory shall not be revealed on you if you're not operating in God and you're operating in flesh. Okay? It goes all the way back to the garden. Just so you know, uh, in the garden... They were covered with dust. Did you know that? So I just want y'all to hear this. Let this marinate in your mind. They were completely spirit. Man, when he walked with God. So am I completely spirit right now? What do you see? You see flesh. And the Lord formed the man by the dust. So what happens when something is formed? It's outlined. So he might have not have looked like how I looked. The dust might have just gave him a form. Because there was no flesh there. Because he was perfect until the woman was taken out of him and flesh was replaced. I just want you to think about that. Because have you ever seen like a cyclone? Like a little mini hurricane, or not hurricane, a little mini tornado? And it's like dust and particles spinning? It's a cyclone form. But it don't necessarily got to be a cyclone. So if a man is a spirit and God forms him, and the dust don't mean he had to look like this, and I'm not saying he didn't. But I just want I want your mind to open up about these things because the scripture can open to you. The scripture can open to you. He said, "I formed him by the dust of the ground." You know, you get ready to make a picture. What you do? You do the outline, <laughs> and then you color it in. If you a kid, and there you go, you got a man. <laughs> Amen. Okay. The glory. We must grow up because the sufferings are positioning us to grow up in God. Because Christ suffered everything for our sakes. So if you think you're going to come to this life and not suffer a few things um, for no reason, um, you're wrong. The only reason you suffer things for no reason is if you you decide not to change. That's the will that God gives us. That's the choice. To be changed or not to be changed. To be changed or not to be changed. You know how we keep going through the same trials, same circumstance over and over again. I talked about it earlier. It's because we're choosing not to change. And God will allow you to keep going through these things until he gets his will inside of you. What's the greatest compliment you can give God? What's the greatest compliment? Rest. To rest in him. When these circumstances come against you and you respond how God has... Showing you to respond through his word, he's going to put a rest on you. And the rest is not necessarily always in the movement of your body. It's in the movement of your soul. He wants peace in here. So you can't receive peace until you do what God has asked you to do. And just so you know, when you receive Christ, you are not your own. You are not. We no longer even have thoughts. We have two thoughts that's coming from us. They're two voices: the voice of the dark side and the voice of the the light, voice of God. We're not our own. I can't even say I have my own thoughts. And this is when you have thoughts. This thoughts originate from a voice. The thought becomes your own, which whichever one you receive. I do not formulate my own thoughts. I'm not my own. Okay. So when God speaks, I can hold on to that thought and it it can become my thought. It could be a God flow. But if I hear the voice of the enemy and I hold on to that, it becomes my own thought. You know, you know, sometimes we say, man, I was just, you know, I thought about this and I just got angry and angry and angrier. You ain't even getting angry. It's not you. It's the thought of the enemy manifesting itself in your soul. We have to separate ourselves from evil. When you're in Christ, the Holy Spirit, which is all pure, can literally have dominion over this whole temple through choice. But we don't let it. So the enemy comes in and he speaks something and then it starts to marinate in our mind. And before you know it, we think it's our thought. And before you know it, we hate people. We're racist. We're all these different types of things. Um, and that's not God. It's not. And then we grow up and say, well, this is how I've been forever. My mama's like this. My dad's like this. My auntie's like this. They always been angry. They always, you know, drank and did all that. That's not that's not the Lord. Those are influences of the enemy. Now, there are generational curses. But when God reveals it to you, he wants to break it. He wants to cut it off. So if he reveals it to you and you still choose not to yield to what he's showing you, it's not even your thought. It's the thought of the enemy influencing you and taking habitation in your soul. We call it thrones, but God, it's in here. It's, It's spots. They take thrones in your mind. And where we think we hate people or we don't want to spend time with people. God said that he formed man for himself. And as God, as Adam was doing everything that God asked him to do, God put the desire in Adam's heart to search for a helper that's comparable to him. There's no mention of Adam like putting the thought on himself. So when he was doing this, he said, as Adam did what God was instructed, he said he found no helper comparable to himself or found no one that was comparable to him. God didn't tell him to find something that was comparable to him. He told him to name the creatures. So God opened that up to him. Okay. So the glory. All right. Now these are about to work together. Can you give me Psalms 8, 5, 3, 6? Dominion. So you can have salvation and not have dominion. Dominion was promised to Adam and Eve in the garden in spirit form. Okay. So before they were manifested by the dust or formed and she was made through the rib of the man, God gave all dominion to their spirits. He said, let's make them in our image, in our likeness, male and female, not man and woman. Okay. So he gave dominion to the spirit man. So you have to allow this man to engulf this man so you can have dominion because all the promises of God are inside of you, everything. And for this is what it says, Psalms eight, five through six. For you have made him a little lower than the angels, and you have crowned him, he's talking about mankind or man, with glory and honor. You have made him to have dominion over the works of your hands. That Y is a big Y. And that you have crowned him, that him is a little him, that's man. And you have given him dominion over the works of your hands. And you have put all things under his feet. That's dominion. Where all things are under your feet. Those stupid thoughts of the enemy, under your feet. The circumstances about money, under your feet. The whole ideal and concept that money is needed and not a resource is under your feet. Um, I'm going to share this real quick. If you want to get out of poverty, you want to get out of lack, you can give yourself out of it. Because the hold that the enemy has on our minds, and I was in this state, this is why I can speak on it. Because when you don't have anything, you want to hold on to everything. So God could be asking you to give, but you're like, man, I ain't had nothing before. I have a little bit of something. I don't want to let it go. We've been there. But the moment you start giving, when it releases your hand, it starts to multiply. And this is what I didn't add to the testimony. I went on a giving binge. I went crazy giving because I wanted my mindset changed. And the word says you can buffet your body. You can buffet your flesh, which means you can discipline it. So I wanted to become a big giver. I did. I wanted to bless and bless. So I would have the unction to give, and I would feel my flesh fighting it. And every time my flesh would fight it, I would give immediately. And over the last two, three weeks, I just, man, crazy stuff like just buying lunches and all this. Mad stuff. I mean, just where God would lead me to give. I wasn't just like going out just doing crazy stuff. But I mean, when God would put it on my heart to give, I would do that. Do you think that kind of led up to me receiving what I received from my brother? You know what I'm saying? But you can give yourself out of lack. You don't give yourself out of lack because of necessity. You want your heart changed. Because where the enemy has you captured is that I'll always be in this state. And if I hold on to this, I'll be able to kind of Save myself from a lot of pain that I've experienced. You are not your own savior. <laughs> For another thing, you ain't your own provider. You work to give and you give to live. And that's actually in the word. So, everything we do, how we obtain income, is to bless. One of the best examples I have of that is Justin. I mean, man, halfway sleeping here. <laughs> that's another one of my big brothers. He's probably one of the most generous people I know. I mean, crazy stuff. And God has blessed him. He has a tremendous testimony. I know the Lord is going to allow him to share it one day if he keeps coming in here. And I'm going to pull him up to the front. But he has a great testimony in a time where he was really down. He saw how the people of God blessed him. And he said when he came off his down, he said he wanted to be exactly that. And I watched him do it. I've actually witnessed this type of crazy blessing that he does. We need to take the mindset on that everything we receive is not our own. It's God's, And God should be able to use it however he wants to use it. You can give yourself out of lack in poverty. And just do, I mean, do it like recklessly in a sense. Like just go crazy. Let the devil know you're not afraid. Because it's all backed by fear. And fear is backed by a big fat lie that you're going to die. And in the word said, we don't even die. We just go to sleep. And you don't feel nothing. Remember Paige's testimony last night? Her daddy was a saint. He didn't feel death. He went right to be with the Lord peacefully. We don't die. We just go to sleep. So if we just go to sleep, why are we afraid of death? Why we got any fear? We shouldn't. And life ain't nothing but a setup for the setup by God to prosper you. So it could be something that you can't do in your own strength. I'm telling you, the last three years of my life has been that I want to be a man of grace. Towards somebody Look, like my man, grace is really flowing in that man's life. Where it's something I literally can't do. Where God just shows up and do it. Because if we can do it, we get the glory. And if we get the glory, we make God a liar. Because it says, no flesh shall glory in his presence. Okay? You can obtain God's blessing by blessing others. Yep, that's real. Dominion. Dominion is having something under your feet. So do you have things under your feet? These are the things that accompany salvation. The promises of God, the glory of God, and the dominion of God. And just so you know, they all work together. It's like a package. If you have the blessings of God, do you know that makes you have the glory of God? And if you have the glory of God, don't you know you have the dominion of God? The glory is the person of God. Jesus is the knowledge of the glory. He's the knowledge of the glory. He is not the glory. But God the Father is the glory. So if you have the glory in your life, you have the Father on you. If you have the Father on you, you have everything you need. Gene asked me a question yesterday. How do you know you have God's presence on your life? How do you know? How do you really know that you have the presence of God? I felt the presence earlier during worship. I couldn't stop crying. But how do you know you carry the God, carry, carry God's presence? There are things that come with that. That in his presence is fullness of joy. When you step into a place, does joy just erupt? Does people just get happy? In his presence, when somebody shows up, if they have authority, that's a part of their presence. So if God's presence on my life, if I go to a place, something gets set in order. If something's out of order. Parents, right? People's lives being changed just by, just by you being around them. Not necessarily laying on of hands through ministering, but just by time spent. Somebody's mindset being changed. The presence. How do you know you carry God's presence? You can't carry the presence if you're not in the presence. You can't be in the presence unless you're spending time with Him. And I believe the quickest way to get in God's presence is to praise and worship him. By like what we did right before. I don't know about y'all, man, but I got I got murked off. I got destroyed in worship earlier. I love those songs. I love how they minister to God. And when you have God in you, you love what God loves. I got destroyed. Sometimes I just want to sit and not say anything. I do. Because when you understand how holy God is, or when you get an ideal of how holy he is, you can't really say anything because you understand truly how unholy you are. And you're only made holy through the blood of Christ, which means it had nothing to do with you. So when you understand it has nothing to do with you, it humbles you constantly. And You just say, why, Lord? Why do you love me so much? Why? Why? Why would you do something? I'm in with this because I am going to go back to these scriptures. Can you go to these scriptures real quick? Romans 5, uh, 8. Let's go Romans. Because this is the love of God. So we've already talked about the better things that accompany salvation. But somebody needs to hear this. Let's go 5. Let's start 5 through 11. The better things that accompany you being made completely whole. Is you having dominion, you having glory, and you having the promises and the blessings of God on your life. Those are the better things accompanying that. So we all just take that as an evaluation. Have I started to receive the things that accompany salvation? Have I started to receive the things that are adjoined or connected to the things that accompany salvation? Okay. Okay, Romans 5 through 11. Yeah, that's fine. Right there. That's, yeah, that's, that's it right there. For those who live according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh. But those who live according to the spirit, the things of the spirit. For to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Because carnal mind is enmity against God. For it is not subject to the law of God. Next scripture, please. It's 5 bro. I'm sorry. Romans 5. 8 through 11, or just do 5 through 10, Romans 5, 8 through, no, Romans 5, 5 through 11. I mean, those are good scriptures too. You set your mind on the flesh, it's the things of the flesh. Romans, this is what I'm going to, all right, love y'all. What I'm going to do, I'm going to challenge you to do this reading plan. Don't go anywhere in the Old Testament unless the Lord leads you there, but I'm going to tell you this is how I feel like he's leading you start in the Gospels, read completely through the Gospels, and then go right to the Epistles, and read completely through the Epistles, and then go back to the Gospels, and read all the way through the Gospels, and then read through the Epistles, stay in the New Testament. So get a whole cycle through the New Testament before you go back to the Old Testament. And if you want to stay somewhere and focus, focus in the Epistles, and really meditate on Romans. Romans shows you how you're really not a part of this world. You're not not a part of this civilization, not a part of this uh, outlook of life. You are the seed of Abraham. You're sons and daughters of God. You're children of God. And you no longer walk in the ways of the flesh. I mean, if you really want to destroy the enemy in your life, get in Romans, And then just stay in the epistles. Okay? Now hope does not disappoint because the love of God has been poured out in our hearts by the Holy Spirit who was given to us. For when we were still without strength, in due time, Christ died for the ungodly. For scarcely, a, for a righteous man, one will die. Okay. So for a righteous man, it's saying there's not many people who would die for a good person. All right? Yet, perhaps for a good man, someone would even dare to die. So it's only a thought for a good man, for someone to die for them. But God, the Father demonstrates his own love, his personal love towards us, and that while we were still sinners, when we were still at enmity against God, when we had nothing to do with him and we rejected him, Christ died for us. That's how much God loves us. Sacrificed himself in the form of a man so that we could be reconciled. Then it goes back much more. Now, that's why I'm saying you have to see the word is there again. Much more than having now been justified by his blood, we shall be saved from the wrath through him. For if when we were enemies, we were reconciled to God through the death of his son, which was the scripture I focused on. Much more. Having been reconciled, we shall be saved by his life. And not only that, but we also rejoice in God through our Lord Jesus Christ. You can rejoice through Christ. There are two things we need to start practicing. You can thank God in Jesus' name. You can say, I thank you in Jesus' name. And you can bless in Jesus' name, but really start thanking and praying in Jesus' name. No, have you ever said, Lord, I just thank you in Jesus' name? Yes. Just do everything in Jesus' name. But not only that, but we also rejoice in our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have now received the reconciliation. There is no reconciliation unto God except through the Son, Jesus. I don't care. Anybody else tells you it's clear in the Word. And if you are a believer, you believe what the Word says. There's no other way. That is it. It's final. So we have now received that reconciliation. And in that reconciliation notion, when you get into communion or covenant with somebody, what they have in their life belongs to you now. So when I got married to Tori, there were things that she had that now belonged to me. So when I received Christ... There are things that belong to him that now belong to me. And a lot of that is joy, peace in areas where we didn't have it. Because he said, I came not only to give life, but life more abundantly. And we need to start experiencing that life. Amen. Are there any questions? Did everybody understand that message? Amen. Any questions? All right, praise God. Let's give the Lord a hand clap of praise. I know the Lord. So for those who came up for uh, the impossible, I want God to just do it. So when it's done, we need you guys to testify. We need God. Yes, (laughs) ma'am. There's no one else. Uh, Let's pray and just bless each other. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you in Jesus' name. We honor you in Jesus' name, and we ask that every word that went forth, the things you did prior to service, be prior before your word, and the things that you're going to do after, Lord, we just thank you for it right now. We ask that the words become rooted and grounded in our souls, Father, and allow it to transform our minds because your word said do not be transformed by the word." You do not be conformed by the world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And we ask that that word just gets in our, ingrained in our souls, God. And the revelation changes us. So we thank you that you are willing to do that. And you're so much more willing to bless us, to give us your glory, to give us honor, to give us dominion in your blessing. So much more than you are willing to save us from damnation, Lord. I love you, Father. We love you. And I just bless your people of God, Father. I ask that you prosper them. I ask that you open up the floodgates of the heaven. And I ask that you just put a desire in their heart for your presence, for your word, for worship, and to become great givers. Because, Father, you are a giver. There is no giver that's greater than you, and we cannot outgive you, Lord. So we love you and we praise you today in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's bless them. Amen. Amen. Amen.